Hello everyone. I'm your Tilaka Kumar, the host of Selecta podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire and empower women to pursue an excellence in career by filling the gender gap, to live to the fullest of her potential and to achieve financial independence. I will be interviewing amazing successful women sales leaders and entrepreneurs from India and around the globe. Where we discuss their sales journey, their challenges, their wins, and much more. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome you all to the show. And uh, today we are going to discuss with a special guest. She is from uh, Dubai, and about our guest. So she is Lena Jaychandran. So welcome, Lena. Happy to have you here. Absolute pleasure to be on your show. So little bit about Lena. She's a CEO and founder of Transdefy, and uh, she is sales consultant and transformation advisor, and she also a mentor of girls who sell. So, welcome, Lena, and the floor is for you. Can I know about yourself in short? Okay, you've already summarized where I come <laughs> from. So, yes, my name is Lena Jayachandran. I run a sales and performance improvement organization. It's all about sales. I have been in sales for almost thirty years. And I started, I believe that I was born to sell in whatever form or shape we believe what sales definition is. Started off my career in 90. I worked for some of the best organizations in the world. I was with IBM, Microsoft, Dell, and most of the Fortune 500 distribution organization as well. I've been in Middle East for 20 years. I'm part of the advisory boards of certain organizations. Yes, I'm a mentor to uh, mentor in girls who sell, and I would love to touch upon that concept which Heidi has brought forward. I'm also part of Dubai as a Dubai Quality Award as an assessor. I'm part of the Dubai Economic Department Business Excellence Center. I'm also part of Sheikh Khalifa Excellence Award as an assessor with Abu Dhabi Chambers. That's about me. And sales is a passion more than a business for me. I work with a lot of diverse industries and happy to answer any of your questions. And I love the topic we picked up today. That's a big list. You really have so many <laughs> accomplishments in your career and your Thank passion you. as well. First of all, I would like to say to the audience, she's from India. She's born and brought up from India. She's from Kerala. Yes. Early thirty, she has moved to Dubai. I'm a proud Indian. I'm born and raised there. I moved here because of for my career, actually. So I've been here equally as much as I've been in India, actually. Yeah. Wow. That's the way. Just, I... just a question. Like, since you are a Indian and uh, you are in another country, Dubai, is there any challenge because you are an Indian, or how the way they treat? I think it works the other way around. You know, being okay. an Indian is always a benefit across the world. We're highly respected, and we have our reasons for it. So I, I guess that greatly works as your advantage. And I'm absolutely proud to have represented the the region. I call this place my karma bumi, as we say. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and my jalma bumi is of course India. It's not for the sake of. Saying I'm, I'm saying this is, uh, and and genuinely like there's a high amount of respect for for our country and the people who represent the region. So it's a great feeling. That's good to know. You know, even uh, somebody from India wants to move to Dubai and other countries, and this kind of a statement really boosts up them to move. Yeah, I mean, there's always cultural differences which we see, but I think UAE per se and Middle East overall. But I I can talk for UAE because I'm based in Dubai and I have that exposure with UAE. Though I have managed across Middle East, I've also been managing Saudi Arabia as a region in my corporate career and also from clientel perspective in my consulting. What I would see is that this is a region which has got 200 plus nationalities. 
you know, this is a region who believed in having a happiness minister. This is a region who empowers women. You know, if you look at the cabinet, this, they are 80 percent are women. So this is a huge amount of encouragement. You know, of course, from the outside world, you see that probably it's culturally very having certain. That's the myth. But it's extremely welcoming. It's extremely. And that talks about their progress because of which their progress, if you see, it's always futuristic. You know, you have the tallest mm. building, you have the, you know, yeah. uh, they bought snow into desert. I mean, this is a vision of the leader. So it's a very, very Cosmo region. It's extremely welcoming. And you always see progress, you know, in every dip, they know how to get back. So I guess, wow. yeah. That's really interesting to talk about, you know. Because yes. here in India, Dubai means it's just a tourism. Right. That kind of a perception is there. But we have to open up to see. There is a lot of opportunity, especially a business or sales. Yes. Whatever it is, right? Yes. A lot of opportunities on, of course, to start your own business. Uh, I, I've been here more than two decades, so I have seen the ups and downs of this region. I mean, a, g- a great regional coordination as well, right? India, UAE has got a great partnership, highest amount of trade activities. Spices come from there. So it's an extended India, sometimes I feel. <laughs> because the language yeah. we speak is also like it's 83%, 80 plus percent are expats you know, in this country. So for a country of that sort, which has got 80 plus percentage of expats and still progressing, it's like, it's amazing. Okay, so we want to go back of your career. Okay, so how the sales has started? It was a conscious career or it just happened? Okay, so I started my career in sales around 28 years back, right? Almost 30 years back. In those days, the definition of sales it was not like you could look into a career in sales. There's no specific direction towards moving into sales, especially for female, I would look at that way. Men, typically, they do their MBAs and they get into sales. Women generally do their MBA and get into either finance, HR, or uh, marketing. These are the three you know, streams of uh, lines of work they would choose. But sales, there was no academics or there was no direction as to, okay, this is a sales-oriented graduation and then you can pick career in sales. At the same time, there were no mentorships as we have a lot now. Women yeah. in sales, women entrepreneurs, women mentors. There's so much, right? So 30 years back, that was not there. So in 90s, mm-hmm. it was like, so for me, the definition of sales was I would say it was a conscious decision to move into a domain I am in today, but I never knew it was called sales. For me, sales was to do with networking, connecting with people. I want to help people solve their challenges and sales helps you to do that, number one. Two, one of the reasons why I wanted to be in sales is it falls as a center force for every other function. Right. So when you're in sales, you're actually talking to logistics, you're talking to purchase, you're talking to you know operations, you're talking to HR. So I felt maybe in my mind that I want to be in the center of everything. So I guess all of that got me into this. And of course, I was lucky enough to be identified by some real good leaders. During that time, I started my career with one of the best brands. Reddington was one of the topmost organization in IT. And I happened to be in IT, if I can say that way. That was not a choice, but I just happened to be in IT. So I was lucky that I got into IT and I I just continued to be in the IT world. And uh, was there any, in the initial stage, like was there any challenges being a woman, sales you faced and how you overcome those? I can't define it as challenges from an organization perspective. But I realized that sales itself was quite challenging. Even today, it is even more challenging. I think it's more challenging now than it was then. Because then what it was, was you needed to know about your product. You need to know about what your organization does. It was not as much as knowing. And then you should have a great relationship. 
you know, you should be networked. These are the three key things you needed to be knowing to be in sales. So if you're a good relationship builder, then you're a good salesperson. Today, it's even more challenging wherein customers know more than you. If I have to go back 30 years back and then I have to think about was it challenging to be in that domain? I wouldn't say it was not that challenging. Was it challenging to deal with people within the organization? It's a yes or a no because everybody was trying to find their, you know, foot around how to deal with female salespeople. It was quite a sensitive situation because not not many people would know, would have seen women in sales. Someone is going into customer and I was in distribution sales. So I'm going and meeting the resellers, the partners, talking to them about, you know, I've, I remember the time when I used to put the stocks into my, you know, I had a scooty and uh, I used to carry stuff in my bag and I used to take and go to the partner. And it was, it was like, it's a natural thing. Today, if you look at it, so that was sales. You know, sometimes you, the client wants something urgently, you want to go and and make sure that you're there. So the thought that I want to make sure that I'm there when they need me was constantly driving me towards that. Today, I realize about 10, 15 years back, the definition which says that you got to solve your customer's problem. I think I thought about it then, but I never knew that is that it was, that it's about solving your customer's problem. So genuinely, so I wouldn't say that I had challenges getting in there and growing in there. Maybe I was lucky, but I do see a lot of people during my time who had gone through those challenges because they were not very aware that how to manage this animal called sales, you know, (laughs) how can I come home late? How can I go and have a networking event? You know, how do I position myself in front of a male counterpart or front of a male, you know, distribution partner? So they had their own inhibitions, but, uh, you know, it's a very good point you came up with. I think it's also to do with your empowerment from home. Like my parents actually, you know, and my family, my brother, my, my parents actually brought me up as the tough person. Not, I wouldn't want to say that brought me up as a boy because you're trying to stereotype that men are tough and women are soft. I don't want to stereotype that. But they believe they empowered me. They never stopped me. So I think there is where a lot of things change as well. And then that's giving them the direction that it's okay. Any, any profession is it's a great profession as long as you can do it. I think the most important uh, takeaway is parent support, you know, the yes. way they brought up. That also plays an important role. Absolutely. Still, there are some parents that are close to circle. They don't want to send the girl outside alone. You know, yeah. they want always to be protected. So she won't get the chance to go out, speak out. That is also one of the reasons they're not showing up in sales. Yeah. Just to add to what you were saying, one more reason is, Sales has been defined as a profession wherein you have to do everything to get your deal. That is a wrong definition of mm. sales. Mm. You know, yeah, in yeah. sales, you've got to do everything. And when it becomes, when it, when it is a female, then it's a fear, right? As far as parents are concerned that, oh, do I, does she have to cross the line? Which is not the truth, actually. You know, yeah. you probably are more flexible. You're more nicer. You want to bend to certain things. But it does not mean that you break rules, which is why this like organizations like Girls Who Sell who bring in those programs, give them their insights about that's not what sales is all about. It's you who define your boundaries. So that was another reason, uh, most importantly, why parents could not because they also didn't have the insight about it. Yeah. Right? Yes. They were mostly government employees, has a nine to five job in our time, my, my parents. So it's a fear factor. But again, I was lucky from the home front as well that they kind of let me go and believe in building my passion and my world. So I guess that's what is my success if I have to look at it. 
And let's talk about uh, TransDefy. What is this about? So TransDefy came out of the pure passion about building sales as an organization. So when we talk about TransDefy, it's two two words which comes together and the transition is the S, which kind of has a lightning effect. So trans is transitioning. So anything which you want to make a change, you go through that transition, right? And sales or when I when I say sales, sales is one role which transforms you as a person. You become very adaptable because you are on the forefront, number one. And you are hit from both ends, your internal customers, which is your organization, and your external customers, of course, your client, because they have the right to bash you up. So trans is transitioning. So you've got to, uh, we help people move through that trans. So when you're transitioning from a certain position to something else, then you challenge yourself. You don't challenge yourself. That is defy. So challenging your transition is called trans defy. So when you challenge yourself, you become a better version of yourself. And what better than sales as a profession? And because I've been in sales, I can't think about anything but selling. Selling in different forms and shapes. So for me, selling means helping your customers buy. That's that's typically what selling means. You know, selling doesn't mean positioning or pushing a product or service. Selling means, you know, solving your customer's problem, you know, understanding what is the challenge they're going through and how can I how can I help them accomplish those uh, tasks which they are actually trying to get through or solve their business problems. Uh, selling also mm-hmm. means that engaging with them and helping them buy. So that's how Transify came in force. So this was a conscious move, if I have to say. I consciously wanted to move to become a holistic sales consultant. And so I established the company here. And so I work with a lot of diverse industry clients. So some of my clients are like G Healthcare, Electa, Bioris, some of the healthcare, large healthcare industries. I work with IBM, Microsoft as technology clients. Some of the large clients would be like GBM or Altair, some of the local clients. You know, if I have to talk about technology, if I have to talk about oil and gas, some of the largest oil and gas companies. And Transdefy is complete, everything to do with the science of selling. Science of selling is more to do with the logical side of it. You know, there's art of selling and the science of selling. Art of selling is more of tactics. Uh, But science of selling is to putting a method to the madness. So we focus on that aspect and help our clients make those decisions in a very realistic way. We work with clients on helping them measure the results, the clear metrics which can be driven. So we help our clients, help them reduce their sales cycles, which are longer when it comes to solution sales. Help them understand how do you navigate through the customer environment. Everything to do with measurable results. And that's the organization. You know, So whatever you do, you would see results in very tangible format because we follow the science of selling. So that's that's typically what Transify is. Work with a lot of consultants. We collaborate in certain domains, and uh, yeah, beautiful science of selling. Something uh, you know, it's interesting yes, yeah. to learn and to implement. You know, now we are going in fast and speed results. Everyone wanted. Yes, the world has shrunk, right? You can no more say that. Oh, I'm in I'm in this market, and I I know how to sell in this market, and these are my industry customers, and this is what I'm going to do. Today, your customers are spread across worldwide. Your avenues are opened up. Your opportunities are larger. So if you have to grow and scale, you need to have a framework through which you're working. So it's like I learned a particular form of art in a certain country. Suppose I learned Bharatanatyam in India. I cannot say that I cannot perform that in Australia or US because the platform is very different. The environment is different. No, I mean, I've learned the skill in such a way that it can be applied in any part of the world. So that's typically what we do from the sales uh, improvement 
perspective that the way you learn is an applicable way and that's why we call it science of selling and how was your journey from corporate sales moving to entrepreneurship was it smooth or how it happened it was natural but it was a very scary decision Because you know you always have that thing you're holding on to. You're getting some regular income, right? And you, I was in leadership roles and I was earning pretty much well. I could have done the same thing again and again and again for 25 years. I've done the same thing for 22 years of my corporate career. And so I said, someday you need to jump off the cliff. Actually, it was jumping off the cliff. I, I still remember one of my very close consulting friend who mentioned that um, Lena, if you have to succeed in what you're doing. you need to let go of that the rope on your leg and jump off the cliff okay. so so i think sales as a career actually helped me to take that risk it was a big risk uh, i said let me jump either i break my bones or at least i'll i'll land there probably safe and sound put on your parachutes and jump sure the parachutes will open because you're you're sure about why you're jumping and what you want to do so that transition was a little challenging because i think one of the learnings i have is that entrepreneurship is all about having courage and i heard this from one of the leading leaders here it really caught my attention that entrepreneurship is all about courage the courage to hold on you know the courage to stick on to what your passion and your dream is and to make it happen and that doesn't happen quickly it takes its own journey it has its own transition it has its own challenges it has its own lows and highs and so because i looked up to my mentors i early on looked up to having business coaches business mentors who can help me understand that it's not a one day thing you know you got to stick on to it at least 3 to 4 to 5 years to really mm-hmm. understand is this where you want to go and there are yes. no failures in, the, in life right there are only quitters that's what they say so i said let me hold on let me do what i'm doing best what i can do best in my life and it's been uh, after 2 years now i feel, uh, i think at the first initial 3 4 years was challenging but now i can see the silver line and i feel it's the best decision i've done so Yeah again a lot of male counterparts a lot of women counterparts who came forth and consciously supported you with their expertise with their insights and one most important thing right tilaga so something for to the audience i wanted to share is that you got to look for them and ask for help you mm. don't shy away from it you know because you are as much as what you are a culmination of that 40 50 years of your experience right but out there there are another 50 years and 100 years and 30 years and 60 years yes. of experience pick that you know take advantage of that talk to them understand what's been their successes and what has been their failures you know you don't have to fail to learn you can always learn from others failures i think that's that's something which i which helped me i got it see even i put in my book okay i remember if you want to take a water from the tap you have to bend down and take water right yeah. you can't be right. up and the water will right. come so same yeah. way if you want something you have to bend down and ask there are many right. people wants to help you but yeah, it's who you stopping you to come out and ask for totally i totally agree there are people ready to help you know i get a lot of them reaching out to me saying hey i needed some direction would you be able to spend half an hour one hour you know what's your insights and i'm more than happy because some everybody has gone through this journey as entrepreneurs some point in time That's and they true. know and people are not ready to help it's fine you just you just asked at least you asked yeah. so i guess uh, that's that's, that's very important ask yeah. for that help and look for the right people to ask that ex- expert advice and yeah. since uh, you are our first guest from middle east so i want to ask kind of a statistics or some rough idea like 
how the ratio of women in sales in Dubai or Middle East? So I could probably give a global overview and then come to Middle East. I don't okay. have the actual statistics, but from whatever I understood from my from my little knowledge on the research numbers, what I see is globally, of course, the number of women sales, women in sales in different roles are about 25, 27 to 30 percent versus men. Even now, it's the same. And Middle East is no different. It'll be far lesser. It's not because of the region. It's because of the avenues of opportunity. So there are very specific verticals which play a role here, right? So technology plays a big role. So it's not as wide as probably the, the global you know organizations would have. There would be probably satellite offices here. Sometimes there'll be a, you know, a regional office which is in Middle East or based in Dubai. And you may not have hundreds of people. You might have 10 or 15 people. So in that, the number of women in sales may not be as much. You might have one or none. You know, I remember one of one of the largest organizations here, I wouldn't name because of confidentiality. There was not a single woman in sales. I did a session for them. There was not a single woman in sales. And number of people who I spoke to was about 50 plus salespeople in leadership, mid-level. So there are such organizations as well. So the percentage, if you see in specifically women in sales, is far lesser than the global percentage. One, because of the design of the region, maybe, and the avenues and opportunities. Two, because by nature itself, also one of the reasons what I see and my experience has been because this is a region which is not a you're not a permanent resident here, right? Unlike any other region in the world. So it's more of a bouncing board, you know, where everybody knows that someday you have to exit. And now that someday can be 50 years or 100 years. Could be a second generation who's exiting. But whatever come may, you're not permanent here. That that thought is there in the mind all the time. So don't want, they don't want to probably take the risk of moving into sales because sales is looked as a hire and fire kind of a thing because you are always in the forefront, right? So when you're on the forefront, the fear is what if I don't do my numbers the next month? I don't probably don't have a job. And then as women specifically, you're you know juggling between so many things: children, school, partner, regional changes. You're moving from a different country to this country. So the percentage of women in sales is much less. If, if globally is 25 or 27 or 30 percent as a maximum, I've seen as a range. Middle East would probably be about 10 to 12 percent. This was my understanding. I might be completely wrong or completely right but this is what i see as numbers which i which i use. we need to see how we can you know push the yeah. percentage up yeah the way i look at it is that why diversity is such an important factor we spoke about it last time and we had that conversation about why why is it such a big hype about women to be in sales what's the big deal and i'm sure men would feel that oh come on i mean what's the big deal about women being in sales there are some specific reasons, you know, specific mm -hmm. reasons could be that the skill sets women have. And, and I would always say it's a balance. You know, when diversity is in an equal way managed, like you have a proper balance between men and women, they bring their own expertise. You know, it's a perfect. And one is, I would say one is incomplete without the other. I will not say that all women's sales team would be like 100% perfect and they're going to do 200% of their revenue. I don't believe in that. That's my personal opinion because it has to have a balance. Even if you see nature, right? There has to be a balance. That's how we are all built as human beings. Yeah. So what is the right ratio? Is it 50-50, 60-40? Now that nobody knows. But women bring those skill sets. In, especially in B2B sales, you know, women, though they hold one third of B2B sales jobs, 
The skill sets, what they bring is, you know, they're far more an effective listener. They are people who can actually help the customer shape the solution. They're very collaborative. They're empathetic as naturally they are. That's the skill set they bring. So in today's time, it becomes even more relevant to have women in sales because customers or your buying organization is going through a lot of decision anxiety. You know, there's too much of information overload coming in. If you're not an effective listener, if you're not able to empathize with their solution with their situation, I'm not saying men are not empathetic. The intensity or the the skills naturally which women have are these, which is what is identified. That's what research also says. They're far more empathetic. They wait and listen. They don't rush into a conversation. Though they are a big conversationalist, but they don't rush into <laughs> a conversation when the customer talks. So these are natural skills which comes in, which makes it like the percentage I quoted that seventy. 80% of women did their quota versus only 72% of men who did their quota. One of the differentiators was this. This is what mm-hmm. the customers are saying. They say that they're more comfortable talking to women when they're talking about solution because you're listening to me. Customers want you to listen to them. Those natural skills actually makes it more important for them to, for us to encourage women in sales. You know, there's a interesting uh, pers- uh, statistics I was reading in Forbes. of customers are more likely to buy if they feel they've been heard. 74%. That's a big number, right? If you look at it, understanding and managing your client emotions, that simplifies the relationship building. That's when you create loyal customer base. Now, when we talk about loyal customer base, it's about customer retention. And COVID actually taught us that the more customers you're able to retain, the better you had chances of building your business. Because all of those sales organizations, who could do better during COVID with those who had put go back to their customers whom they had retained, 64% of them. So now this is where it becomes even more you know, relevant and important that why not have the diversity blend and bring more women in sales and more women in leadership as such. Because, yeah. you know, so that is why it becomes relevant, not because men are not good at any of those skills, but men have different skills. And... Uh, that day, the other day, we talked about, according to a national survey of drug use and health sales, sales is the 11th top profession for depression and mental illness. Yeah. So this is very less talked about. Like Mental health is definitely talked about. One of the most important topics for organizations as well, because they are seeing a lot of drop in the high stress levels, high anxiety levels. So there's a lot of people who are going into certain elements from an overall mental health perspective. And COVID actually, the numbers actually shot up, especially in the, I would say in the younger generation now, because their social connectivity is reduced. But this is to do with men and women, of course, because they're all, all the time within their gadgets. They emotionally to connect is reduced you know how do i connect yes. with emotionally with human beings they're so much aligned to digital that that emotional connect so how do i teach also my children to emotionally connect because they're not even connecting with people you know you can't teach these things right so that is it so when it comes to sales it is not talked about much because people feel for oh, sales is a profession we are just having a conversation i mean what's the big deal you know you have to just talk about certain things and sell your product the rest is more difficult operations is difficult managing finance is difficult but like i said sales is a center force right so the mental health percentage is far more in sales professionals is what statistics say and that was the number which was talking about about the nsd which is the national survey of drug 
news and health sales is the 11th top profession for depression and mental illness this is alarming it people yes. you know they sales reps who regularly they who experience this high level of stress they tend to be less involved and what happens when you have this situation is because then you're less involved in your work and if sales is your center force in the organization to bring revenue imagine the productivity reducing of your sales you know less involvement of your sales too much ambiguity too much of confusion high health stress anxiety immediately it will of course impact your everything in the organization so i would say that the question would come back and i have had people coming back and say so what you chose that profession you know it is a stressful profession and you chose that profession agreed but you cannot ignore the mental health problem you know i know of young people who have got stents put in because of high stress people who just fall off the treadmill because of the target pressure and the reasons which we have seen is because of the leadership one is leadership wherein they are highly micromanaged they are on daily track that what's happening what's happening what's happening how can i make it happen that conversation is not happening with leadership so now if this is the overall scheme of what's happening with mental health when it comes to women it amplifies the reason being like again i'm not objectifying and saying oh we have to be on the sympathy uh, i'm just putting facts here when it comes to women because you're multitasking far more and you're multitasking not because you need to be most of the time sometimes you want to do it you want to be perfect and you want to take it and i i listen i heard indrani nuri's one of the talks she was talking about the ex ceo of pepsi she was saying that women delegate it you know just delegate it you don't have to be perfect you've chosen a profession which will not let you to do everything you know we're coming out of our homes and picking up something beyond what we we were naturally asked to do there were certain roles defined for women and men in the early stages of our you know have to go 100 years back right mm-hmm. so it, it that change is definitely going to put a lot more stress now if in sales you have targets you have your you know your home asking for back in your personal life asking for attention women go through you know pregnancy and so 9 months of your time is gone in sales even one month is like you're out of you're out you're out of the game because your revenues are not coming in so the mental health challenges are far more is what we've seen in women and percentages are far higher because one we don't speak up about the problem we're going through i went through that personally when i was pregnant and i for almost 4 to 5 months i could not express the fact that i'm pregnant and i used to hide myself wear loose clothes oh and I, i used to act normal because mm-hmm. you know i'm on this on this run of doing revenues month on month so speaking up is of course our responsibility but have the leadership to tell also taking that responsibility to let the female talk about it it's okay mm-hmm. give them that flexible hours so sales in men and mental health for women we've seen far more percentage going up and it's something which cannot be ignored and should not be ignored if you want to bring in women force into the organization that's one area we should not be uh, ignoring to give them that support and help them scale you know in, in making sure that you're mitigating those mental health challenges that's elaborate discussions on uh, mental health and that's so important to be considered and to be acted upon yeah absolutely and also there is a cycle you know what i've seen is in your early parts of your career you're under high stress because you want to prove yourself that's your first 2 to 5 years after 2 to 5 years your mid 5 to 10 years it goes slow because you're like okay i've done it you know i'm taking it easy i know how to manage now as you move towards your 10th 
year of experience and you're moving towards your leadership role because people get promoted again your stress level goes up because you're managing those sales people who are going through pressure that's a different kind of stress so in different types you know uh, stages of your sales career the mental health status is different at different levels so it has to be addressed depending upon what kind of stress you're going through you know, from a leadership side is what i see thanks for sharing i believe you know the routines the daily routines also helps in better sales what is your uh, typical daily routines which is helping in sales field yeah no i agree with you laga when you say routine what you're intending is preparation right a preparation that has to be a mandate and i was just talking to one of my client where i am consulting for the sales team you know when you have a call coming up or you know that you have to talk to your customer 9 out of 10 sales people whether is men or women let me be really honest i think women are more prepared because they don't want to lose that's a natural tendency right in any argument i don't want to lose is a woman you know that's a typical thing so it's a good thing of course so you're more prepared but what we are seeing is 9 out of 10 sales professional now i'll say both both genders they're not prepared and it's such an important part and so when you're talking about routine it's about who am i talking to who are the personas there what kind of questions have i prepared what kind of challenges does that client go through it has to be a like as if you wake up in the morning and go brush your teeth it's a routine you can't say okay i'll have my breakfast and i'm going to brush my teeth that routine is such an important part in every sales engagement irrespective of whatever gender you are you know if you are in sales you have to be far prepared to help your customer if you're not prepared then you're not helping your customer right you're wasting your time you're wasting your customer's time and nobody has that time to waste in fact your customers are even more stringent about giving time in today's time because they're so well informed with the digital we getting into the digital world they're so much far informed that they don't have the time to listen to this normal repetitive thing if you don't give them better information so yes extremely important to follow a routine a checklist when you are having having a meeting or a call or sending an email any customer engagement has to be a consistent preparation how many ever years you are in sales even if you are 40 years in sales or 10 years in sales or you are entry level in sales you have to lena yeah. uh, the last question is like what is the secret of your success so far i like that <laughs> secret the secret of anybody's success is they themselves i would say that you define your path you choose your destiny you create your destiny rather i would say that and uh, be very persistent i'm extremely persistent i'm very happy every day i wake up doing what i want to do you know i love what i'm doing so pick that what you love to do and put in your best take help so this is these are my secret to success i don't shy away to ask for relevant help that can make myself better one most important thing and very dear friend of mine has told me always surround yourself with people who are much better than you because that itself takes you up and i think i heard this by warren buffett's speech also that be with people who can who's five times better than you because then you're amplifying your own understanding of things and you learn more you know never shy to be with people talk to people or be surrounded with people is you know who who are better than you that's i think one of my biggest success factors is this if you have to define success from where i was to where i am you know success is very relative word right yeah. i'm seeing some question coming up the organization is empowering sales person with new skill is that the case how we can succeed um again i think sales people have to be empowered they, you have to invest in your sales people 
otherwise you know it's like i've got the best seed and i've sowed it but i'm not watering it i'm not putting minerals i'm not putting manure because it's the best seed it has to grow by itself it doesn't work like that right even nature doesn't do that why are we being so unfair to those who we hire in the organization so if sales people are being empowered with new skills and methodology definitely they they kind of become better of course i think that's one way of succeeding but don't wait for organizations to invest in you this is what i always say invest in your own self go out there look out for information talk to people connect with people ask silly questions it's fine but you got to invest in yourself and keep building yourself because you are your own responsibility nobody else is you're not anybody else's responsibility that's the way i look at it so that's all uh, lena i'm i'm sure like audience uh, enjoyed having you thank you thank you so much thank you for having me on board and it was lovely talking to you tilaka good luck to you you're doing a great job thank you for listening to sell like her podcast do subscribe and share so that it reaches the maximum women to get benefit by listening successful women stories let's join together and support each other to change the face of sales meet you in the next episode until then bye take care